Hey y'all, welcome to Glass House by Sequoia Homes, a podcast where I use my black ass presence to disrupt the typical lifestyle podcast space. Please rate my podcast and write a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you are watching this on YouTube, please like, subscribe, and all of those good things too. I'm your host Sequoia, and I wanted to come to talk to y'all today about getting dragged on the internet and being misunderstood. Two super fun things, very exciting. Um, But before we get into that, obviously I'm in a new location if you're watching this on YouTube and I'm using this little mic today instead of the mic that I normally use which is attached to the camera because this space is more open and so it's more likely to echo and so I want to centralize the sound right here so that's why you see me with this little teeny tiny microphone I really need a mic stand and like a whole podcast setup for real but I don't have time I'm tired you know I feel like I say this every episode but I'm tired so Let's get into it. In this episode, I'll talk to y'all about the two most recent times I was dragged on the internet, the difference between the two times, what happened, and feeling misunderstood during those two times, and what I did to cope with it. So I like to start off with explaining why this is important in any capacity. And I feel like it's important because being misunderstood fucking sucks. It, It just fucking sucks, point blank, period. And I feel like black women have a tendency to be misunderstood more than other people, whether we're being read as more aggressive than we were intending to, or we're being read as unfriendly or something of the sort. This is something that I hear black women echo often, the feeling of being misunderstood or not seen. And being misunderstood hurts because it feels isolating. I'm gonna come and tell y'all about the two most recent times I was misunderstood on the internet, at least, because I feel like I'm misunderstood in real life often, but on the internet, it was, it was kind of wild. Come with me. Listen to my story. Follow my journey. Okay, so the two times I was dragged on the internet most recently. I've been dragged on the internet like a number of times, I would say, but most recently, twice, I was dragged. And the first time, I was not misunderstood. Okay, and I'm going to use that as a reference point for the second time in which I absolutely was misunderstood. So the first time I was dragged because I made a YouTube video about a comedian actress named Aquafina. I don't know if you all have ever heard of her. If not, please Google her. Take your time. I made a YouTube video about her black scent and how I thought it was interesting that it disappeared when she got some critical acclaim. And I stand behind everything I said in that video. So I didn't know that Aquafina had stands. I had no idea Aquafina had stands, had goons like that. It was a crazy experience for me to watch people come out the woodwork attacking me over what I thought was a point that most people have. And this is what happens as a tangent. This is what happens when you're siloed to your little internet bubbles because I'm like, oh, everybody thinks Aquafina is annoying and this black scent is dumb and blah, blah. No, everybody didn't think that at all, babe. Everybody didn't think that at all, babe. She definitely has actual fans. They came out the woodwork, y'all. They were dragging me up and down my YouTube comments. It was actually a very wild experience. But I stand behind everything I said in that video. I even went as far as to make a second video doubling down with further evidence about what I presented in that video. 
and then made a third video about it as well. You won't find any of them anymore on this channel because I have wiped the channel of all previous videos because I want to start fresh with this little podcast. But people understood the points that I, were, that I was making in that video. People understood the points that I was making in the video and they simply did not agree with those points. And I wholeheartedly am okay with being dragged behind something that I actually believe. And so when I was getting dragged behind Aquafina, I was very okay with that. It transferred over to TikTok a little bit. People were up in arms, but it was fine because it, it was my actual thoughts. The second time in recent history when I was dragged on the internet for something that I said. Imagine my surprise when I log on to Twitter, the bird app, and I find that I'm the main character. I'm the main character. I'm being dragged up and down Twitter behind. Get this. Get, get this. Okay. I'm being dragged on Twitter behind Jack Harlow. I'm being dragged behind something I said about Jack Harlow. I had made a YouTube video where I was theorizing why I had been seeing on TikTok and on Twitter and on YouTube a surge of black women expressing their affinity for Jack Harlow. So I made a video being like, you know, they, they might feel this way because of this, because of this, because of this. It wasn't my thoughts and feelings necessarily. It was theories, right? So that was, that was mistake number one. I was not clear about my stance on the subject, about my actual thoughts on the subject. I simply presented the theory without it being clear where it came from or anything of the sort, which led to people misunderstanding me, okay? So let me back up and tell y'all the whole story. So for those of you who don't know, I have a podcast called Black People Love Paramore, where every episode I talk about one topic, niche, or idea that large groups of Black people go afford that mainstream media doesn't necessarily associate with Black people. Previous episode topics have included anime, Tony Hawk, Ariana Grande, Ginger Ale, etc. The likes, the work. I did an episode um, back in 2022. I don't even remember when at this point. But back in 2022, I did an episode titled Black Women Love Jack Harlow, and I put a question mark at the end. If you go and look at all of the episode titles, they all follow that titling convention, Black People Love Blank, Black People Love Blank. But for this specific episode title, I put the question mark at the end because I didn't agree. I didn't, I don't love so-and-so Jack Harlow. And so it was kind of like, I see that this is taking place, but like, is it really taking place? You know, was the theme of the episode. So for an hour on my podcast, I chatted about Jack Harlow. I chatted about why certain people might have an affinity for him, certain black women that I was seeing on TikTok, et cetera, et cetera, expressing their affinity for him and theorized as to why I thought they might have an affinity for him. But I made it very clear in that episode that I did not have the affinity for Jack Harlow that I was seeing take place on the internet from other black women. And that was made very clear. It was like, mm, 
I'm not really seeing it for the kid like that. You know, some of the songs are bobs. I have a little good time with a couple other things. But as far as him being, you know, something like giving something, he's he's not really giving that much to me. I made it clear in the episode. From that episode, I made a shorter YouTube video. So the episode was about an hour. The YouTube video was maybe like 15 minutes where... I didn't make it quite as clear my own stance and just went straight into the theories as to why certain black women might have an affinity for Jack Harlow. And I'll just tell y'all right now, my theory was primarily because in the hip hop space and in the rap space, black women, specifically dark skinned black women, are often disparaged in public and in music. Jack Harlow, on the other hand, who was at that time occupying the hip-hop space, was counter to that in that in public he was explicitly saying good things about black women. And I felt that that was good. Like saying good things about black women in public was never going to be an issue for me. Um, And the question was whether or not he was pandering. And my stance on that was... As long as he never comes out and says something bad about black women, I don't see an issue with him saying good things about black women in public. Now, if you want to call it pandering, that's up to you. But I found it difficult to just assume that someone saying good things about black women in public was pandering, you know? And not saying that he wasn't, like, sure, maybe. It's come to my attention that he refused to take Tory Lanez off of his What's Poppin' remix after the whole thing with Meg Thee Stallion came out, which is unacceptable as fuck to me. So it's been fucked that nigga. I don't, fuck him. That's the whole point. Fuck him. <laughs> okay. But imagine my surprise when from that 15 minute YouTube video, I clipped a minute long portion of it and I put it on TikTok. Someone took that minute-long TikTok and clipped it down to 45 seconds, and they omitted a pretty crucial part. I don't actually remember what the part is. All of, all of this is gone now from the internet, at least from my, from my portions of the internet. They clipped the minute down to 45 seconds, posted it on Twitter, devoid of all context. So this tells you when things are getting shorter and shorter, it went from an hour to 15 minutes to one minute to 45 seconds. Context is getting lost by the second while this is taking place, right? So that is causing me stress. Naturally, that's causing me some some level of stress. What I said in the video that I regret saying is that Jack Harlow might be providing somewhat of a safe space for these black women that feel like that. And what I meant by that was... Jack Harlow was in public explicitly speaking positively of black women, which cannot be said of a lot of other rappers and folks in the hip hop space that are men. And it allowed these specific black women to partake in what might have been their favorite genre of music without being disparaged by the same people that are creating their favorite genre of music. Is what I meant by that. Now, in retrospect, because of the Megan Thee Stallion thing and him refusing to take Tory Lanez off the song. You know, Jacqueline, Jack, that, 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 that doesn't bode well. That doesn't bode well for the argument that I was making. But if you watched the video 
in good faith, I don't see how anyone was coming to any other conclusion. So for days, for literal, not even just days, but like months, I was getting dragged on Twitter. I was being harassed on TikTok. Um, surprisingly, the least amount of harassment was taking place on YouTube, which is where the clip originated, but definitely being harassed on Twitter and TikTok. And it was very draining, very exhausting, specifically because I felt I was being misunderstood. I had already stated Obviously, in an hour-long podcast episode, and nobody's going to give me an hour of their time if they're simply looking to drag me. I had already stated in the hour-long podcast episode that I did not, I didn't relate, that I didn't feel this way necessarily, and that I didn't necessarily agree, and I was being more specific in the podcast. And so, as I was being dragged... On Twitter, I was very frustrated because, one, I was being dragged by black people. That's always very disheartening, which is the opposite of what was happening when I was being dragged about Aquafina. I was not being dragged by black people. And I really care about what black people think, obviously. And so that was difficult. It was very stressful. This went on for months. After I had already removed the video from TikTok, had the video removed from Twitter by actually reaching out to Twitter and telling them like, oh, someone's posting my content without my consent, whatever. They removed it from Twitter. They removed it from, I removed it from TikTok. The trolls and the folks were taking it as far as going to my boyfriend's Instagram because I turned off my Instagram comments for folks who did not follow me at the time. Folks were taking it as far as going to my boyfriend's Instagram and commenting on his photos and being like, your girlfriend likes white men. Why don't you let a white man have her since she likes white men so much, blah, blah, blah. To know me is to know. That's a motherfucking goddamn lie. And so it was just very frustrating to be so severely misunderstood on the internet. Now y'all think I like white men? I've never... I've. I've never done that. I've never seen white peen in real life. So, I was just stressed. It was so stressful. Being misunderstood is so stressful. The way that I coped with it while it was taking place, I told myself two different things. I told myself that I would rather be in the arena, actually putting myself out there, actually playing, rather than sitting in the audience doing not a goddamn thing, talking big shit, which is what folks were doing. Okay. And I told myself that that came with the territory. And then I also internalized that one, you have to be careful about the words that you choose to say. And when I say you, I'm talking to me. I have to be very careful about which words I choose to say out of my mouth, about the way that I represent myself on the internet, the sequence of words that I choose, the clips that I choose to post. I have to be very careful about it because... Two, people will sometimes purposefully misunderstand you. Often on the internet, people are not moving in good faith. They're not moving in good faith. They're looking to misunderstand you. They're looking to make a spectacle. They are looking for conflict. And so no amount of sense that you make will make sense to them. And that was something I had to internalize, be okay with, decide that it's not gonna prevent me from speaking in public. And I think this, this lesson can be extrapolated past the internet. Any level of misunderstanding, if it doesn't feel like the misunderstanding is coming from good faith, there's no sense in going back and forth with folks, trying to explain yourself very thoroughly. Some folks simply don't want to understand you. And as black women, I know that this is something that, you know, I'm sure some of you have experienced this in real life. I've experienced this in real life. 
more than once where I felt that I was specifically very clear and somehow I was still being misunderstood. And at that point, it is an active choice, I feel. And what you choose to do, I have no control over. I only have control over what's coming out of my mouth. So the lesson that I learned from the whole situation is I have control over what comes out of my mouth. I have to be careful about what comes out of my mouth because that's the only thing I control. And I can't control what other people hear from what comes out of my mouth. I can only control what actually comes out of my mouth. And that's a lesson that I've taken with me into real life, into workplaces and stuff like that. I can't have anxiety about the way that what I'm going to say is being received. I can only be as crystal clear as I possibly can in what it is that I'm saying. And that's all I got. If you can relate or you feel that you've ever been misunderstood, throw it in the comments. I want to know. Let's kiki. Let's laugh. Let's giggle. Let me know if this lesson resonated with you. Okay. Bye, y'all.